Welcome back to the Marvelous Middle Age Podcast. In this week's episode, I'm chatting with Jackie Tentinger, who has been a cosmetologist for 26 years, a mom for 22, and is the owner of Epic Salon. I've been going to Jackie for years, and she is the only person I will let touch my hair. Today, we talk about how to break up with your stylist. I've heard it's harder than a relationship breakup. How to have realistic expectations with your look in middle age, and why she decided to open her own salon 10 years ago. She shares the joys of owning her own business, as well as the challenges and the investment she's made in her personal growth as a business owner. We also talk about family and how she's made her life fit with being a busy salon owner. Please note, we talk about the loss of a child towards the end of the episode, so please take care in listening. Jackie Tentinger, welcome to the Marvelous Middle Age Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I have to say, I would have felt kind of bad if I didn't. I've known you so long. (laughs) And we have such great conversations that it's like, I have to have Jackie on this podcast. It's a non-negotiable. Absolutely. Except this time I'm not in your chair. I'm you're in my chair today. It's not me asking the questions. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Tables have turned. Tables have turned. Well, before we get into it, can you just introduce yourself to the listeners, who you are, a little about your family, what you do, all that good stuff? My name is Jacqueline Tenninger. Most people call me Jackie. I am a business owner. I am first and foremost a mother. Um, I actually own two businesses. I've been doing hair for 26 years. I own a um, salon and I own... Um, basically my own hair chair business. They're both two different LLCs. Mm, Um, I have triplets. uh, I have two dogs. You know, (laughs) I'm somebody's wife, so. (laughs) Full house. You have a full house. And your triplets are 16. They are. They're my son's age, so. Yes. So you have it times three. I do. Cars. Car insurance. New drivers. Oh, oh, that I tell you, that is something that as a parent of a teenage son, you are not ready for that car insurance. That first month when they're on your car insurance. Oh, my goodness. Is that a shock? Right. Mine was like a new car payment. Yeah. I can't imagine for triplets. I mean, with just one, I was like, whoa, I called my agent. I'm like, is this right? Are you sure? And he said, yeah, that's what it is to add a young man onto your car insurance. Yeah. It's insane. You got to start saving. Forget about the 529 for the college. You got to (laughs) start a savings account to pay for your car insurance when they turn 16. These boys, I tell you what. Well, you know, I was thinking back to how we met. And as most of the people in my life, I feel like I know is through my sister. So you and my sister, Megan, had known each other for years. Yes. And uh, I was at a, I don't know how to describe it, a incredible crossroads with my hair years and years ago. It feels like forever it does. that I've been coming to. Jackie is my hairstylist. And I was going to someone who over time had been doing some things to my hair that I was not happy with. And my hair was not in good shape. It was just fried. It was bleached. It was dry. And I was talking to my sister about it. And she said, well, why don't you go see Jackie? I've known Jackie for years you, you were at a different salon. This was before you opened Epic. Before, yeah. Yep. And so I went to, I think on my first appointment, I don't even know if you actually did my hair, if it was just, we talked, you gave me this consultation and you looked at my hair, you, you know, 
kind of did an examination of the damage that I had. And you were like, okay, you were, what I love about you, Jackie, is that you are very realistic and straightforward. Like here is what we can do. And it's not going to change in one session with me. Like it's going to take some time to get your hair restored back to health and the color that you want. We're going to take this in stages, but you were also very reassuring that all was not lost and that my hair could be saved. <laughs> and, uh, cause it was pretty bad at that time. If I remember again, it feels like it's been so long ago, but it, you know, I was thinking this morning on, on my way here, how we met and how bad my hair was and how over time you got it back to where it was supposed to be and the color I wanted and all of that. So it made me think of a couple of questions for you as a, like you said, a stylist for 26 years. So I, my other stylist that I was going to, I, like I said, I pretty much ghosted her. I, I, I didn't even tell her I wasn't happy. Like I'm not a confrontational person. I don't like hurting people's feelings and I didn't want to make her feel bad. So I just didn't go back to her and I wasn't happy with what she had done. So give the listeners some advice at coming from a stylist perspective. If there is a client who, you know, isn't happy with how a stylist cut their hair or colored or styled their hair or like how I was when I came to see you, what advice would you have for someone like me that just kind of, oh, I'm not going to go back to her. I'm going to go over here. Like what a stylist want to hear. I mean, because I, I think most most people don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. So I don't know. For I'm going to jump back to the art of a consultation first, because that's how I sold myself to you. So um, I know that sounds mm, like money hungry. It is not. Um, it is a comfort thing. It is a um, next level situation. It's someone who um, truly understands to manage people's expectations, what their skill set is, and what the client's expectations are. Mm. So when you get into all of that, when you, so I'm going to start with just kind of meeting a new stylist, right? You're going to want to do a consultation. I am so tired of Let's schedule two and a half hours to color your hair and um, let's make this decision in five minutes and mm. whatever color I have in the back is what I'm going to use on you today. Yeah. No. Let's take this to a level of let's get to know each other. Do you feel comfortable in my environment? Do you enjoy the people that are around me? Do you even know where the restroom is? Mm. It's things mm -hmm. like that. Oh, yeah. um, and then it's, it's um, I know that if you looked at me like at that point, your hair was very bleached blonde. Mm -hmm. And I am not what I would consider a blonding specialist. I specialize in natural, maintainable hair color, which is exactly mm -hmm. what you have now mm -hmm. and you've had since you've I been with it. me. Love it. Um, and what the deal is, is that I did not go into it thinking to myself, I can make her this hair color in one session mm -hmm. because I know my skill level. Yes, could it have been done by someone else? Absolutely. But I knew what the condition of your hair would have been within that period of time. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't willing to put you there. Yeah. Um, so then to jump to how would a stylist want to be fired? 
because that's yes. basically I mean, what you're well, asking. It's a breakup. It's you. You see this on social media all the time about how harder it's. People say it's harder to break up with their stylist than it is with a like romantic relationship. Like, why is it so hard? And what can people do if they aren't happy to either try to salvage the relationship or just end it in a really amicable way? I think that um, all relationships have to move on at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I start out my consultation with clients, I love to look at them at the end and say, and if we don't mesh, Mm -hmm. I want you to move on. Do Mm. not waste my time. Do not waste your time. Mm -hmm. I see clients that I've done their hair out in public and I say hi to them. It was, even if it was short lived or long lived, Mm I earned money from their situation with me. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember. I mean, there's probably a couple times. I mean, I am. I have been doing this 26 years that there's some bad taste in people's mouth mm-hmm. about things, right? I'm not going to say that everything's been perfect all these years. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, it it needs to be just a cancel of appointment. Mm-hmm. L- mm-hmm. If you've... If you feel like you have a relationship that is so deep with this hairstylist mm-hmm. that you need to explain why you're leaving, you probably crossed way too many lines yeah. in business. Um, and I really, truly believe that most hairstylists, especially as they age in the industry, realize that there's another client outside that door. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. if you're not happy, you need to move on. And if you can't get, if you've tried several times, you've brought in pictures, you've Mm. showed the hair color, if you are still not getting what you want, why are you paying this hairstylist to not give you something you want? It doesn't, it just needs to be a cancel of appointment. It needs to be, um, because I mean, in my world and most people these days, it's all automated. So you can go in and cancel your appointment. There needs, I don't think there needs to be an explanation. Right. I really don't. I Mm -hmm. think you just go in, you cancel your appointments. The next time you see her, you say hi. Yeah. Right. Just yeah, move on. She should not make, or he should not make you feel uncomfortable about that Mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't start questioning it. I will a little bit like, Oh, what did I do wrong? And then the adult in me takes over and says, sometimes it's a different change in life. I mean, some people mm-hmm. get divorces and then they want to change their whole look and they don't want that old life that they sat and went to that hairstylist right. anymore. Right. There's, yeah, I need there's to realize reasons. it's not just about it's me. It's not you. Yeah. It, right? may, it may have nothing to do with you. It could just be that person had a change of circumstances and they're moving on and it has nothing to do with the way you did their hair or styled it or colored it or anything. And even if it did, yeah. Um, that's the skill level of the human you've been going to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If you need to move on to a different skill level or, you know, then you should. And that person should understand that if they're marketing themselves correctly, their chair will fill. Right. They'll get another client. Yes. They'll fill There's always, chair. And you don't want the same. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've got people 20 plus years in my chair and I adore them. Mm-hmm. But you don't need the same people. I mean, those people originally paid $20 for to get their haircut with mm-hmm. me. Now look what they're paying now. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's the same haircut. Right. So it <laughs> might have been doing their hair the same for those 20 years, so, which is fine, but and and we understand that everything costs more in the world and that people right. want raises. Right. But 
I also know that there are a lot of people out there that are unhappy with how their hair is going, that are willing to pay more money to come see me for my mm -hmm. expertise. Yeah. And people that have been with me 20 years may feel like it's just a dead end road. Right. And they're ready to, to change. The other question I had, and this is kind of, I mean, it's not funny, but it kind of is funny. So have you ever had, or what would you do? You know, if you have a client, you bring in pictures, you know, I always bring in my Beth Dutton picture because I love the way her hair is. I just love her hair. And I know that you styling my hair that way is not going to make me look like the actress that plays Beth Dutton. I get it. She is stunningly beautiful and just, you know, whatever. But have you ever had someone or what would you do if you had someone who brought a picture of, you know, Jennifer Aniston, J-Lo, I want this. And that cut, that color just is not going to be flattering or you think their expectations are maybe a little unrealistic. What do you do in those situations? Cause I can imagine that would be super awkward. Cause you like, don't want to say like, well, look woman, you're not going to look like JLo when we're done here. Sorry. Well, and the stylists that do that to you, mm. they won't, the hair, the client won't come back. Yeah. So let's just be honest. Yeah. Let's, if your stylist <laughs> is that rude to you, you need to rethink who you're going to. Right. Um, let's say you hand me, let, let's, let's just do what we did. Yeah. So with the Beth Dutton, um, I talk about length. I talk about texture. I talk about how much time you want to spend on your hair every yes. day. You yes. come in with curly hair and you want straight a haircut that's straight. Are you going to be putting in 30 to 45 minutes a day? Right. I, in my roundabout way, will talk some of it out of you. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. people do not realize how much work that style possibly could cause them in a long run or yeah. even do to their hair in a long run. I also am not afraid. And this takes 26 years probably to get there, um, of looking at them and saying, okay, hun, so you're in your forties. You're want this diagonal forward haircut, which is the short in the back and the long in the front is right. what a diagonal forward haircut is. And you're putting these lines at your neck. And that line is going to make the look the lines in your neck. It's going to make you look at the lines near your eyes. It's going to make you look to, at the lines near your mouth. Right. So don't create lines. As we get older, we should soften our looks yeah. because we want no lines. Right. 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 So I have to have conversations of the age of the human that they, that they picked mm -hmm. out in the picture versus right. their age. Are they 20 years younger right? than them or? Yes. Yeah. So I have to go through in a very, and then at the end, I will honestly look at them and say, and that's not your face. Right. It isn't. It's a face shape. It's all of the right. things. Yeah. So just beware that, that I can put that exact haircut on you and you not like it. Right. You're not going to look like that no. celebrity who also has what a team of probably no fewer than half a dozen people working on their makeup and their outfit they have on and their hair. And like they have this crowd of glam squad around them every day, you know, doing this. And you've got to create as the person stylist a look they can do at home mm -hmm. in front of their bathroom mirror and not lose their mind because it takes an hour to style it. I can absolutely say for myself, I don't like to spend 30 minutes on my hair. I want something I can either blow out with my thing straight that I use or put some curl in it and go. Yeah. I don't want to spend, you know, I want to spend maybe 20 minutes max, 
that's on a day where I feel like I have to look presentable to go out. So I, the way you style my hair allows me to have that flexibility if I want to do it fast or, you know, take a bunch of time and really work on it. I can if I want to, but. And having options is always good too. Yeah. So if we would take your hair, let's say three or four inches shorter, if you did not get up and style that every day, you would look at yourself in the mirror and be upset. I'd be unhappy. Right. So, um, again, it goes back to unfortunately managing people's expectations, saying to them, this is not what you're going to look like, but what I can do is. Right. Let's try this. Yeah. What I would suggest. Right. Because you've seen enough face shapes and different people that you know what looks good on different folks and all that sort of thing. Yeah. I always tell people start with a Pinterest board and Mm -hmm. I'm, Mm -hmm. I know that some hairstylists um, cringe when I say that, but Mm -hmm. um, open up your eyes a little bit and look at the world we have around us. We have this social media world. Pinterest is considered social media. Mm -hmm. You need to get on there and you need to put in age 50 white blonde hair um round face Mm -hmm. you would be amazed when you put in your actual statistics basically of of yourself or characteristics of who you are right um how many photos will come up of someone who looks similar to you and boom there are 50 haircuts that would look wonderful would we have to adjust it yes i absolutely feel that I need to give every person individual beauty. I am not that human that thinks that people need to look alike. I don't want you all to look alike. No, no. I want you to look like you. So the reality is, is that you've got to get into the depths of so many things and then you can create a look from that. But every Mm -hmm. hairstylist needs some kind of visual. And if you can see what the client is seeing, then you can adjust that visual to what will look best on them. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So as you stated, you've been a a stylist for 26 years. You've owned Epic now for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I can't believe it's been 10 years. My goodness. Wow. That is something. So I think I mentioned when I started seeing you, you were working at another salon. What was the catalyst for you to say, I want to open my own salon. I want to go there. I want the storefront. I want that lifestyle. What what was it in your life that kind of pushed you in that direction instead of working somewhere else? So I've worked for several salons. um, And I will be honest, I did not fit. I, uh, (laughs) I'm going to make Iowa show through and through on this podcast right now. Hollywood, has a, def- a definition of what beauty is and it sells it to the world and and that is fine. If that's what you need to do to yourself, then then I think that you should. I, I think beauty is something you should feel outside and inside. But I think beauty lies in a woman who can throw a bale of hay up into a truck. I think it lies with strength and individual you know individuality. Yeah. And so when I looked at beauty of even myself, I would find, and I I hope you people look up pictures of me because I am not what normal hairstylists look like. Um, I go to work in khakis and jeans and t-shirts every day, and I uh, did not fit 
with a lot of my industry. A lot of my industry is high makeup. It is, um, it is long, luscious hair right now and extensions and in mm-hmm. all of this stuff. Well, when I jumped from salon to salon, I was not finding who I was. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you end up adjusting so much to what everybody else expects of you. Sure. Yeah. That you don't, the real you doesn't come out. Mm, yeah. So I, uh, I left the commission based, went to a rental base, which is where you find found me. It was my next door neighbor's salon. I adore her. And when I got there, they showed me how to basically have my own LLC, my own business underneath mm. their roof. Mm-hmm. And when I got going enough, I realized all the things that I would do different Mm -hmm. in that freedom of environment. And I call Mm -hmm. it freedom because you're not, you manage people, but you don't manage their business. You're not answering to their clients. Sure. So I own a nine chair salon and it has six stylists under the roof right now. And they have been with me four plus years, all of them, some of them from the beginning of Mm -hmm. almost 10 years this year. And, um, and they have their own businesses and then they function underneath my LLC. Mm -hmm. So when I opened up Epic, I had expectations of how I would do the rental business different and, um, who I wanted to work with. Mm -hmm. Sure. Because you have to look at those people every day. You've got to, um, it evolves and Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted to fit in this mm-hmm. industry, mm-hmm. and I'm working with five other women that fit mm-hmm. our yeah. uh, our whole vibe, yeah. our whole culture. Yeah, and I love I love coming into the salon. It's always such a a fun, welcoming environment. And even if like you're, I think, well, I was just in there, and and you were on your way, and whoever greeted me was just like, "Oh, yep, Jackie's on her way," and can I get you anything? And just. I'm not even her client and she's welcoming me. You know what I mean? Like that's the, the kind of vibe that you, that you created there at Epic. So, um, I love that. I love that. What has been great? What have been some of the positive, great things about owning your own business? And on the other side of that, what's challenging? Share the joys, share the challenges. Um, the joys would be the freedom to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, in past salons, when I worked there, it was um, somebody booked your appointment, and so they gave you a specific amount of time to work in, and then they would check your client out for you, and then um, basically they would be leaving their impression on the, the customer. Mm, right. Now, it's the beauty of when you're greeted, you're greeted by either mm-hmm. me or you're greeted by the, the yeah. humans that work with me that right. have, you know, have come our direction, the t- my team. Um, and I run the whole show. Like I am the person who, um, and I mean this for my personal hair business. So um, you get me at the beginning, you get me at the end. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, n- there's no bad taste because nobody right. else is interacting with it. Right. So those are some of the joys of doing that. Um, I also love the joys of 
decorating the salon at the holidays. I enjoy um, the clients that take time to look at the website. Um, And I put all that work in. I design my own website. I do all my own social media. So those are definitely um, proud moments. And um, I've had to open my mind to learning all the new stuff. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh, I know. (laughs) We were just talking about that. I'm learning this podcast technology and yeah, being open to learning at whatever age you are, especially at our age where we really haven't, I mean, some of this stuff is just brand spanking new, you yeah, know? And we weren't r- brought up in the day and age of no. social media. Oh, no. We weren't brought up in the day of podcasts, right? Nope. So um, to teach ourselves mm-hmm. that and figure it all out and take classes and advance any of our, those, mm-hmm. what I would call business techniques is, yeah. is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the downfalls of owning your own business is uh, a client will contact you on your time off and you mm. have to decide mm-hmm. whether or not you're going to stop your day to answer that. Um, I do try to direct most of my clients these days to my email and I only check it a couple times a day and that doesn't bother me as much. Mm-hmm. But a lot of independent hairstylists run things through their phone and it can be very... Mm that you're never off. Right. You're always on yep. at all times. Yep. Right? Right. Um right. and that would be because if you do the right marketing and you attract the right clientele, that could be the only downfall mm-hmm. of that part of my business. Right. Downfalls of the salon is is that you're constantly trying to evolve and grow with the world yes. around you. Mm-hmm. And it is ever evolving Mm -hmm. and you never know what's going to attract that next hairstylist. So you keep learning. I spend Mm -hmm. thousands of dollars on education every year to be an owner. Um, and, uh, the other challenge is, is having the right team. If I was to give advice to any new Mm -hmm. salon owner is let go of the ones that don't belong, keep the ones and make them as happy as possible. Right. Oh, that's great advice. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. The people that you're with, like you said, every day you're seeing these people and it's, it's colleagues, right? People that, yes, they rent a space from you, a chair from you, but you're still working with them. You're still talking to them. You're still, you know, probably bouncing ideas off of them of, Hey, what should we do over here? Or what would we do over here? Or how should we, you know, products and different things, you know, going into the salon. So yeah, it's having, <laughs> having the right team. And not be, like you said, being afraid to let someone go who just is not vibing with the team, whether it's a personality thing or some other kind of characteristic of their personality, it's not vibing because that can create a really toxic, negative environment that nobody wants to be a part of. Well, and drama. Mm, mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. when you get that many women in an environment, Mm -hmm. I mean, some of it's just made up right right like it doesn't actually exist and it's it's very um so I do not like drama Mm -hmm. you don't find drama in my salon if I can if I can avoid it as much as possible Mm -hmm. and um yeah you have to you have to get out the people who don't belong in that culture Mm -hmm. because Right. They will take everybody else down with. Right. Them. Right. The good ones will leave and you'll be yep. stuck with the, the toxic ones. You mentioned earlier some education that you do for yourself. I know you have to do so much education just as a stylist, but also as a business owner. 
you you talked a little bit about advice and guidance for a new um, salon owner, someone who's maybe just opening their own salon or thinking about doing that. What what's your do you have any other advice or any other tools or resources that you have found helpful for you, whether it's education or systems or anything that you've used that you've really found to be helpful? Business coaches. Mm-hmm. I invested in a business coach in 2020 after going through the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, trying to pick ourselves back up yeah. after being closed so much and taking the hit for the, um, you know, for mm-hmm. nine weeks of the year, mm-hmm. we did not charge our hairstylists. We knew they were at home, not making any money. Yeah. Um, so it was a rough year. And so I found a business coach that specializes in our industry and I started taking her courses. Um, they were all online. And then I could shoot to her team anything I was having problems with. On top of that, she has a community, which is very hard to find in the salon industry. If you didn't know it, we all seem to think that we're in competition with each other. Right. And it is very ridiculous because we're mm-hmm. not. We're all different skill leveled. We're all different um, income level mm-hmm. people. We're all different people. And so when you put us in the same room, it's almost, it's, it's almost like high school, right? It's, it's, it's grouped together and all this stuff, Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. And so you find out that when they put you in like Facebook groups and these different communities within, within a business coaches, um, what she's created, you are able to shoot out to business owners. This is what I'm thinking how would you evolve with this? Oh, I love that. Yes. Or you write, you see like, I've had this problem with this stylist. How would you approach it? Mm. And when you have that ability, so if this woman's in Nevada, mm-hmm. right, I am able to have full blown conversation with how she handled it. What was the most professional way? Um, and it's beautiful. And it's something that. that I've never had access to until 2020, because like I said, local Um, owners do not talk to each other. Mm. They do not associate with each other. So that's always a really good thing. But I will encourage new salon owners not only to find that community and find that business coach, but I'm going to go next level. We um, were able to get a grant for our business surviving through the pandemic Mm -hmm. and the derecho from the city of Marion. Mm-hmm. When we got that grant, they hired a local business coach. So somewhat, yeah, awesome. was part of the grant. And so I have had this woman named Julie coming through and she has been looking at my stuff locally. Like, what would I feel like as a customer here? What would I, and that is eye opening, not mm-hmm. just as an industry perspective, right, but right. at a local perspective mm-hmm. to see everything. So, um, yeah that's That's awesome business coaches are worth the money you invest in them if you're taking out a loan for a business take out some more for some coaching so that you can make it all I love I love that I mean and that is something that when I think of you know the salon industry I don't think about business coaching in that sense I don't think about it like that so the fact that you have someone who's in the industry right Mm -hmm. that has this community that you can go to with questions or here's an issue I'm having and really get some nice, honest feedback from people who 
have probably had that issue themselves. But then you also have a coach who's not necessarily in the industry, but more has a local perspective who can give you that feedback of, oh gosh, you know, I'm just walking into your salon for the first time. How do I feel? What is the vibe? What am I expecting? What are my expectations as I walk in the door? All of those things. I mean, that's great. I, I would venture to guess not a lot of salon owners have invested in, in coaching or it wasn't like the first thing they thought of when they were going to go out and start their own salon but it sounds like for you it's been incredibly helpful in a lot of different ways so that's amazing I love that I love that well as you shared earlier um your mom got a full house (laughs) two doggos and triplets and a husband what how do you and I don't like to use the word balance because I don't think balance is is real I think it's navigating or you know, it's, it's walking through life being, you know, with a full house of family and a business owner. How do you, how do you manage it all? How do you, um, as a busy, you know, wife and mom and, and salon owner, what are some things that you do to manage it all and take care of yourself and, you know, keep things going? It was hard at first. So um, I waited till the triplets were five. My mm-hmm. oldest was 11 at the time. And I decided that I was going to need something as I got into retirement. I know most people don't think about retirement that early mm-hmm. in life, but I knew that the boys, that I would need to reach retirement, I should mm-hmm. say. And that my number one priority when I got pregnant with this triplets was them. Mm-hmm. I will let you know, I'm not going to be false about this. I was angry. I was, I was angry to be pregnant with three children Mm -hmm. because I was a top stylist at this current salon Mm -hmm. and doing everything the way they wanted me to do it and making really good money and boom, Mm -hmm. everything stopped. Yeah. So I needed to stay home, take care of my body, get those babies out of me. By the way, they all ended up healthy and awesome. And, uh, so when they turned five, I opened the salon So there was definitely steps to that. Um, But my salon setup is 100% designed around my personal life. Mm. My boys always come first. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to putting your children first in your life and your job second, you have to figure out how to play that game. Mm -hmm. And so... I start my work day at 9.30. My boys go to school at 9 a.m. Yep. Right? Yeah. My boys are home by 4 o'clock. My day ends at 3.30. Yep. Um, I do work one night a week, but I look at that as their dad night. I say that in sure. quotations. Um, yeah. And that's the day that dad has to do supper. Dad has to figure out, you know, everything that's going on. Activities and who needs to be where yep. and when and what. And, and I think that that's beauty, too, because there's... there's um, where we, my husband and I are created equal in our relationship. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who makes more money. It doesn't matter who owns what. Um, in our life, we are completely equal. And so um, for him to do it one night by himself mm-hmm. is, is challenging and wonderful. And mm-hmm. I think the boys actually truly enjoy the one night right. without mom at home. Sure, sure. Um, but um, it is, 
and and with the rental industry and my own personal hair business, let's say the salon needs stocked with cups and waters and blah, blah, blah. I can do that while they're at school. Mm-hmm. I do not work behind the chair more than 20 hours a week. And I actually do not suggest for anybody that's my age doing hair for this many years mm-hmm. to work more than that behind the chair. Yeah. You put better efforts into your marketing um, to be able to charge more than what it would be or your education than to work more hours because your body can only handle so much. Sure. Yes. Physically, it's yes. a lot. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's wearing. Yeah. So my thought, my, my deal is, is that I am able to do everything except for the hours that I do hair when I'm available. Mm-hmm. So if they're at cross country practice, I can go do this. Right. If you know, yeah. um, I love so that. It's like you found a way to make your work and your life fit together yes. so that, you know, when you need to focus on family stuff, you can do that. When you need to focus on the work side of things, you can do that. It, it fits. It's not this, I think there's always just this inherent thing that we always have to balance everything. Everything has to be balanced. It doesn't have to be balanced. There's going to be time when work's work is going to be like, oh my gosh, I have some clients I really need to get in. Oh, and then next week it might be, oh gosh, the boys have you know, sports events or something else going on that I need to attend to. So I'm going to alter my schedule so I can, I can be present for that. It's just making it fit together. And I love how you said that when you were creating the salon and opening the salon that you thought, okay, what's my life, right? And at that time it was five-year-old triplets and, <laughs> and JC and everything you had going on. But it was, you're like, okay, I'm going to make this work so it works with my life too. I'm not going to let it take over and it's going to work for both. And so, well, I mean, that's just awesome. I love that. If you think about it, like last week I had physicals for the triplets. And that was during the time that I sit and I do all my social media. Mm-hmm. You can bet your ass I was yeah. up yep. at 11 p.m. <laughs> doing social media because that's when I could find time to do you it. do it. But it didn't interrupt my son's life. They did not need me at 11 p.m. Nope. And even Mm -hmm. my oldest, when I was in my first marriage and we were trying to figure out a schedule when we got divorced of how he could be, we, we chose the route of as little in daycare as possible. I Mm -hmm. never wanted someone else to raise my children. Mm -hmm. And so I embraced it. Mm -hmm. I drive around a minivan. I, (laughs) you know what I mean? You went for the minivan life? Yes. I, I went for the, (laughs) the, you know, the house and the, and the minivan and the sports and I embraced it and I love every minute of it and Mm -hmm. I am not willing to sacrifice it because I know it will be over at Mm -hmm. some point and, uh, yeah, they'll move out and, and, and I can work as much as I want. Right. Right. You'll have that. And that's, you know, a really interesting thing. I think in middle age, that as parents, especially as our kids get older, we think about, okay, so when they are, whatever their future plans are, um, you know, how will that change things for me? Does it open up some opportunities for me, whether it's I can have a little different work schedule? Could I pursue some other interest or activity that I've kind of put on the back burner for a while because I had kids to to raise and be present for. And I think that's kind of beautiful as we get a little bit older that, that those thoughts start to kind of start creeping around in your mind a little bit. Whereas maybe a few years ago, you couldn't even think about that. Now it's like, Oh wow. Okay. They're juniors in high school. So things are progressing. And what's that going to look like? I've had the same thoughts. I mean, you know, what does that do for me and my life? And you know, it's, uh, it's a good time to start thinking about it because that time will be here before we know it. We, it will. Ah. 
crazy. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm ready. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I always like to end each episode with two questions. Um, the first one being for you, what is the best thing about being in midlife for you right now in this stage? You ready for it. this? I am. Not being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you've become more wise, right? I love you that. You know, I honestly don't make as many mistakes because of the road I've traveled, because of all the mistakes I've made. They always tell you, you will learn more from your failure than you will from, from your wins, right? Yep. yep. So I have failed so many times that I don't make as many mistakes. And mm-hmm. so when I go through life, I don't look back at something I've said or done, mm-hmm. right? And right. think, oh my gosh, I should have said that different. Or, oh my gosh, I should have um, went about that differently. And I wonder what she thinks of me and blah, blah. I don't do that anymore. Right. Isn't that great? I don't even care what about great... any of that anymore. I hear that from a lot of women. Like I've gotten to this point in midlife. I just... <laughs> I don't, I don't, I've learned so much from my life experience and it doesn't really bother me now. Well, and I think it's confidence too. Right. Absolutely. Right. Like I am woman. Like I, I, I don't need to be accepted. I don't need any of that stuff. I have, uh, I'm confident in who I am. I love that. I love that. Last question. So if you could go back to that, apparently not a smart Jack, (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So you're in your, your twenties, thirties. What would you go back and tell yourself about this stage? What would you What would you say to Jackie? Hang in there for me with just a sec. Yeah, I know that's a tough question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my boys. Yeah. Work will always be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Just be there for your kids. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't really get into talking about JC today, and um, he's your oldest boy, <laughs> and uh, he's in heaven right now. Going, mom. Probably, mom. Stop crying. <laughs> no. Um. But. Yeah, I, I lost yeah. I lost my oldest to a car accident about five years ago. Yeah. And uh Yeah. I don't regret a minute mm-hmm. that I didn't put in with him. Right. right. I would more look back and regret all the times I chose work over right. him, right? Right. So that I could have those extra moments. And so um, as much as we are all fighting for equal rights and we are fighting for equal pay and we are fighting for all these things, the next generation of humans is who we're putting out there as women. Right. And I want to put out the best humans I can. Right. right. And that takes work. Right. Yep. So, um, other things will always be there. Yes. Our kids. Yeah. Put, put, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. will and always, your work will always be there. They will not be the ones standing by you at your deathbed. Right. So just always remember that, that you need to prioritize and, um, you need yeah. to do things for yourself, of course, and keep yourself healthy. And, um, of course, yeah. but yeah, I would say that if I could look back at myself in my twenties and thirties and say, you're going to get smarter, 
Right. Yay. <laughs> You're not going to make as many mistakes. And that uh, just keep doing the mom thing as hardcore right. as you can yeah. without smothering them. Right. Right. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's the key. When we figure that out, we'll share the secrets with the world and get rich or something. When we figure right? out how to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's great. I love that. I, I agree. I think in those younger years, we're all about kind of, you know, getting ahead or getting that next degree or that next promotion. And when kids come into the picture, if, you know, if people go down that road, um, that's where it gets tricky, you know, and it's time, there's times when, you know, I agree. I look back and I think how many, you know, times I would, you know, prioritize work when I shouldn't have. And, um, you know, just, yeah, forgive ourselves, move on and know that we're, we've got it now. We're smarter now, right? Yeah. We're, we're supposed to now. be right. <laughs> In 20 years, we'll look back and say, oh gosh, I'm <laughs> so much smarter now. Well, Jackie, I just want to thank you for being on the podcast today. I know this conversation is going to be incredibly helpful and insightful for so many people listening. So I just want to thank you for, uh, for sharing your wisdom, uh, with, with all of us. And, uh, again, can't wait to see you when I'm in your chair the next time and I'll bring my Beth Dutton pictures in <laughs> and, uh, you can make me look like her. So you're very welcome. <laughs> thank you. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow the show to make sure the latest episode is on your podcast feed each week. I would greatly appreciate a rating and a five-star review on the podcast platform you're listening on. It helps others to find the show. If there are topics you'd like to have discussed on the show, please email me at themarvelousmiddleagepodcast at gmail.com. The Marvelous Middle Age Podcast is produced by Riley Mullane and is part of the Ananellis Studios Network.